Welcome to the 58th episode of Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Fagan, the Houston Chronicles Rockets beat writer. Fagan has been covering the Rockets for more than two decades. After the Warriors' 104-100 win over Houston in Game 1 of the Western Conference Semifinals, we caught up in Oracle Arena about Steve Kerr's decision to start the Hamptons 5, James Harden's frustrations with the officiating, the Rockets' polarizing playing style, and much, much more. We'll have our conversation right after the break. Several hours after the final buzzer sounded on the Warriors' Game 1 win, Jonathan Fagan and I chatted in the spare room next to Oracle Arena's media room. I'm here in the bowels of Oracle Arena with Jonathan Fagan, the uh, much-acclaimed Rockets beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. Uh, big fan of your work, Jonathan, and it's awesome to to kind of work in partnership during this series. A lot of the San Francisco Chronicle stuff is running in the Houston Chronicle, and your stuff is running in our paper. Um, really interesting game today. Um, a lot happened. Uh, a lot to dive into. First of all, what was your biggest takeaway from the Rockets' loss today? Probably that this was one they should have gotten. That it, it, a lot of things went the way they would need to for the Rockets to win at Oracle. The, the, the Warriors' turnovers, not getting a whole lot of, of scoring or real good shooting from Curry and Thompson. The quick turnaround, those, uh, Curry and Thompson having gimpy ankles that's a lot of things that the rockets really this was a chance to to get a lead in the series and they didn't do it probably they're going to have to play great to get a win tuesday or enough wins in this series to beat a team like the warriors but really to win almost any playoff series you got to get one or two when you're not playing real well well this was one they had they had not they didn't have the win not even close to that but you can the avenue to get there was right there and they're going to leave here with a loss and now really a need to get on Tuesday. And it's even kind of more paramount for them to get a win at Oracle because as you know, the Warriors are actually better on the road Uh, for whatever reason. They've been much better throughout the season on the road. Uh, Both of their losses in the first round were at home. I think they, they need that urgency. Oftentimes they need that, that hostile environment. The thing is, the Warriors actually came out tonight and they played with as much effort as I've seen them play within a, a very long time. To me, Steve sent a big statement to the to the Rockets and really the whole league when he came out and started the Hamptons Five. You know, moving uh, moving Andrew Bogut out of that starting lineup and moving Andre Iguodala into small forward, moving uh, Kevin Durant to power forward and Draymond Green to center. Basically, that's something that's that's sort of a last resort for the Warriors when things aren't going well in the playoffs. Steve will lean on that lineup, but for him to come out in game one of this series and start that group says that they're very aware of how tough the Rockets are. And I think they're a little nervous that they could lose this series. I think there was a message to the Warriors by doing that. I think they know what Steve is thinking when he, as you did, you know, and, even if they didn't know, they could read your stuff, and then they'll know. <laughs> so they knew what that meant. I think it's also just pragmatic. That all right, we we got Clay a little bit of a gimpy ankle. We don't. There's not a power forward. It's not as if oh they're going to post up Kevin Durant and go. No, no, the Rockets aren't going to do that. So this way, you get Iguodala on Harden, and 
Draymond has to be Draymond, which he was great. Uh, the Rockets need to punish that a little bit with Clint Capella. He he just had an awful game, yeah. uh, you know, getting two shots and two free throws. Um, you know, the Rockets missed, it is a little off the top of my head, I believe the Rockets missed 43 shots. They got three offensive rebounds mm-hmm. with the Warriors going with a small lineup most of the game. Uh, you, you're not relying on offensive rebounds. But 43 missed shots, and you can get the rebound of three of them? The the centers, Nene and, and Clint Capella, played for about 41 minutes, and they combined for one offensive rebound? Mm. Uh, Rockets have to, in some way or another, punish that lineup. Otherwise, you're just letting them put their five best players on the court. And you want there to be some, you know, you got to give something up to get something. Well, they didn't have to give up anything mm-hmm. to do that. And, and I think that's on the Rockets to be more forceful not just physically forceful, but in the way they execute offensively to take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, when I was previewing this series, I picked the Warriors to win the series, which went against what a lot of my colleagues believe. A lot of people that I talked to felt like the Rockets could win this series. And the biggest reason why I picked the Warriors was because I like the Warriors' defensive options on Chris Paul and James Harden. Uh, they have some great perimeter defenders in Andre Iguodala and Clay Thompson, who historically have actually been pretty good at making life difficult on those guys. Um, they also have Kawan Looney, who can switch up ball screens and pick up those guys. But I'm not sure that without Trevor Reza, the Rockets have anyone who can really give Durant a lot of trouble. I, I know P.J. Tucker is a solid defender. Uh, historically has had some good games against Durant, but I, I just feel like the Trevor Ariza loss was huge for the Rockets. What do you think? I don't agree at all. Really? No. Uh, I, uh, Eric Gordon's probably a better defender than Trevor is at this stage of Trevor's career. Not the same. You know, Trevor's much longer. Gordon on, on quickness is, is better. PJ's done as well or better on, on Durant, which... You know, how much do you do on Durant? He's getting his shot on anybody. But P.J. makes him work for it. He takes away some of the positions on the floor. You know, Durant doesn't just get to go wherever he wants to go because Tucker's so strong. And really, defensively, the Rockets were good in the last series, and they were good tonight. That wasn't an issue. I mean, the Rockets have failed to score more than 106 straight playoff games against the Warriors. I, I don't think you're going to win a whole series trying to win 100 to 99. Right. Uh, I don't think it's a, you, you hold the Warriors to 104 points in a game where you give up what was it three t yeah three t's yeah and so defensively that's the least of, yeah Durant got his 35 he's Durant he's right. great he can do that to anybody and he's peaking right now I mean he's been oh, absolutely he, phenomenal the past five games no if they don't let PJ Tucker take out a folding chair and swing it he can put up some numbers. And so, no, I don't think it's because they're missing a defensive player when they're playing extremely well defensively. Uh, when you're not scoring 100 against the Warriors, you're in some trouble. Yeah. They, and that's to me. that, And, in fact, that's why I picked the Warriors in seven. But because James Harden did not shoot well in the Jazz series. The Rockets did not score well for three straight games. Uh, the Rockets did have the trouble in the second half of the series against the Warriors last year, I just wasn't sure they were going to score enough to to win enough high-scoring games, and I don't think there's going to be enough low-scoring games. I, I think it's just really hard to count on winning ugly often against the Warriors. 
what you what you think of Harden's comments post game? Obviously, he was upset with the lack of foul calls, specifically on his step back three. D'Antoni was upset as well. Um, and then when asked about it post game, Draymond Green kind of bristled at that and said, "I've been fouled by James Harden on that three, which I think a lot of players in the league can kind of echo or, or relate to. Um, did you feel like the Rockets should have gotten a better whistle tonight? Well, there's a lot of plays in the game, but I mean, there were a few in the first half that were incredibly obvious. Uh, the one that jumps to mind, Clay Thompson, two and a half minutes left in the first half. And it really doesn't matter what I think because the refs think the refs messed up. Mm-hmm. If we believe that, you know, Harden and D'Antoni said, yeah, the refs said we missed four. Joe Borgia, the vice president of officiating, said, yep, they missed it. You know, they showed that one on Clay and said, yeah, they missed it. So, I mean, I'm not sure who's arguing. If the refs think the refs missed it, they probably missed it. And and they were pretty obvious. There, There were a few that were real obvious. What I'm not clear on were the Rockets arguing the last three where James does sort of throw out his legs somewhat, you know, more jut out his legs while he's up in the air. Draymond does come a little bit towards him, but not, it's not a Zaza Kawhi play, right. but he does come towards him and he turns. And, you know, George Boja in that same video said, ah, that's close, but I would lean more towards no foul. Well, I'm not sure that's the one the Rockets were complaining about. Harden didn't get up. Now, granted, there were four seconds left in the game. It's probably not the time to argue, right. but he didn't get up and look at the officials. He didn't gesture. I think they were more upset with those and a couple others earlier, in the four in the first half, and then a couple others earlier in the second half. But, yeah, they missed them. You know, there's no question. You can't step under guys anymore uh, in this league. You have to give room to land. Uh, there's a, The Rockets will have a long list of things they did not do well enough to win. You know, so it, they cannot blame the officials. That doesn't mean they didn't miss those certain calls as apparently they said. A lot of tonight I kept looking at the box score throughout the game and and saying to myself, how is this game as close as as it is? Because the Warriors were shooting really well. Obviously, the the Rockets were not. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that James Harden was 13 for 14 from the foul line. Obviously, they got killed on the boards. Um, But this was a weird game for the Warriors in the sense that usually when they have a bunch of turnovers, they lose. Those... Those are the nights that they lose, and they had 20 turnovers, and they still won, um, which is unique. Um, do you? What do you think about you know the fact that the Rockets weren't able to capitalize better on the fact that the Warriors played relatively sloppy tonight? Yeah, that, uh, that's kind of where we started. Is that 20 turnovers? You shouldn't get away with that. Right. 20 turnovers in a 104 to 100 game. All right, if it's super high-paced game and it's 135 to 131, but 20 turnovers in this paced game, yeah, that's the Rockets had such an opportunity. They're supposed to win that game, you know, and that's why when you're looking at the box score and you're saying, "Why is this game close?" Well, that's why. I don't think so much the free throws. The, the Rockets had 29. The, the Warriors put up 24, not including the technicals. Uh, you know, 27 to 29, including the technicals. That's pretty pretty even. It's not like you stayed in it, right. as we've seen a lot of Rocket games where, well, yeah, but look at how many free throws they took. That's how they – not so much today because yeah. they took almost the same number. But, uh, 
Yeah, the Rockets, the, the Warriors shot so well, but more than the Rockets taking advantage of the turnovers, though they did a little bit, it's the Warriors didn't get more shots up because of the turnovers. Otherwise, you should, if they get many more shots and still hit 50%, and also the Warriors did not shoot threes all that well. That's the other thing that kept the Rockets in the game. A few spurts where the Rockets shot threes well. Most of the game, they shot them badly, less than 30%. They had a couple spurts that kept them in the game where the Warriors didn't have a good three-point shooting game at all. And, you know, Thompson and Curry were not Thompson and Curry from the three-point line. And so another reason why the Rockets have to think, oh, my gosh, what an opportunity lost. Um, Austin Rivers, obviously injured. How, how serious exactly is that injury? Yeah, well, he's ill, actually. Or ill, sorry. Yeah. He, do, you, do you think he'll, he'll be back? Uh, who right? knows? It could be one of those 24-hour stomach virus things. I, I'm told it was not a close call. It would have been not good to see him on the court. Do you, it was, if, if we've all been there. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of those were just real. And, you know, Austin's a really tough guy. Yeah. And, yeah, they missed him. I mean, their, their bench was not good. It, it, Gerald Green made multiple defensive mistakes, which led to the Rockets to really cut back on his minutes. And so if you have a good – and, you know, Daniel House is virtually a rookie – He's not a rookie, but he's a postseason rookie. And, you know, there was a lot to ask of him, although he had played pretty much the same minutes, but Austin sort of helps that second unit defensively so much that they missed him. It's not a reason you'd lose, but they missed him. Obviously, we've heard for 11 months now the Rockets have run it back. You know, they, they, they this has kind of been their mantra all season leading into this potential series, this potential showdown. I think it came around earlier than a lot of us initially expected. Um, how big of a series is this for the Rockets? I mean, beyond the obvious. I mean, do you think that Chris Paul looks at this series as his – real chance to avenge some of his own failure throughout his career. You know, it's kind of funny, and I've talked to him about this several times, that he does, and he doesn't in a way, because he's had so many, this is the chance. No, no, wait, now this one is the chance. Now this is the chance that he has sort of learned to just say, take each one for what it is, and then go on with his life regardless of what happens where as opposed to this defines my career because he's been let down so many times, whether by injury or losses, that he, he's got a perspective on it. Now, he wants it bad. He's an incredibly competitive guy to begin with. He really wants it. He wants to be able to at some point say, he wants to win a championship and be able to say, I'm the same guy as when you guys thought I couldn't. I'm I'm just as smart a player. I'm just as talented. I know this game as well as I did before I won it. It's just sometimes the breaks go your way. He wants to win and be able to say that. So he wants it bad. But I think through practice, he's sort of learned to keep things a little bit perspective if it doesn't go that way. What's the dynamic like between him and Harden? Like, are they friendly? Yeah, Do you think were, they they un- understand yeah, each other on a level? Very much so. Yeah, they've they've clicked always uh you know they get along they get on each other uh in joking ways but also they'll yell at each other as will pj tucker um i don't know that they hang as much as say tucker and harden might but um and then harden also has his guys he's got a few guys who are around all the time but uh no they've always gotten along really well i mean this was a partnership they chose 
this was not a forced marriage or an arranged marriage. They, right. You know, they decided to get together. So, no, and, you know, Chris has empowered James to go be James. It, it, Chris is not saying, I'm the point guard, you play off the ball. No, he's totally empowered James to do what he did this year. You obviously have seen every game this team has played for many years. Uh, how how many years now have you been on the beat? 21. Wow. Okay. So um, as someone who only watches this team really on a regular basis when they play the Warriors, what do you, what do you think of their style of play? And do you ever – for lack of a better term, just get tired of watching it because it just it's so kind of predictable and and uh, and that sort of thing. Well, you know, there's different things I like about it and dislike than what most people talk about. Probably because I do see every game. Um, I, I love the way Harden and Paul see the game and, and the way they can manipulate the defense to create the open shot for someone else. And the pass that then leads to that. It's remarkable. Uh, Harden's lobs that come from so many different ways or the passes into the corner and, and both of them. And Paul's done this forever. I enjoy that. I don't, and I don't even mind the Harden dribble, 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 yeah. dribble possessions. I've gotten so used to that. It doesn't even bother me, although I understand why it bothers others, you know, because that was an anathema to what we're all taught is the right. best way to play. I've gotten so used to it. I, I don't like when either they are hunting the switch or they get the switch. And now it's, let's meander out to midcourt here. And we'll sort of look like it's the family reunion basketball game. And okay, six seconds left on the shot clock. Here we go. You know, it's like, it just drives me crazy. I've seen it so many times. And today it was a problem. I think today you got to play with way more pace in the half court that, no, you got the switch, go attack it. You can attack it 12 seconds. You don't have to wait until it's six. And it just, they do, well, James does it all the time. And it's just, I don't get it. And I think it's certain things when you see it so often. There's things that just sort of get annoying, like, you know, the guy at the next cubicle at work who's really not that bad, but you sort of get tired of him. You know, that's the one that I would point to. Yeah, no. And I I, I, I asked that for a lot of my Twitter followers who are always, you know, opining and, and bemoaning, I should say, the, the Rockets playing style. But kind of looking ahead here, do you how do you see the Rockets adjusting after what you described as a blown opportunity today? Well, they have to get Capella involved more. Uh, you know, maybe you, you run more pick and roll and run it and attack earlier in the clock. Um, you, and if not Capella, then whatever the Warriors have to do to take that away should open up other things, unless you're waiting until there's just a couple seconds left in the clock, and then there's no time for the pass, and then the next pass, and the next pass. And so I think that they have to play with greater pace and tempo in the half court. Uh, it would be good if they could do it in the open court too. But in the half court, you can't be in the last six seconds of the shot clock as often as they were. I mean, they were spending a lot of the game playing beat the clock. I, I think that's not much of an adjustment. People think of it more as lineups or play calls. But to me, it's a correction that they do need to make. You know, defensively, I don't see a lot that they need to do differently. Uh, it, they got lucky in some ways. Steph didn't shoot better, but that doesn't mean you change the defense on him. You know that he, he and Clay, and Clay. You know they both 
can hit threes a whole lot better than that. Clay had some good open looks, and Steph had Steph looks, where some of them weren't real open, but obviously he knocks those down a lot, and he missed. And he had 15 until he hit the last three in less than 30 seconds left. He had 15 until <laughs> 24 seconds were left, and he hit a, a three over Nene. And maybe, you know, that was one where D'Antoni maybe, I, I don't want to say overreacted because the Rockets have been so bad on the board so often. So he played Nene there to just try and get rebounds. And so, all right, maybe that was a mistake because Steph hits a three over him. But if he's not on the court, maybe they get a second shot. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's trying to make up for something that wasn't going well. Another thing, the Rockets have to rebound better too. It's not just... They got three offensive rebounds. But how many times did you just get a clean defensive rebound in the fourth quarter? You just you force a miss, you get a stop, you get the rebound, you're in the open court. No, they're battling for it. The Warriors are getting a hand on it. And even if it is Rockets ball, now you're inbounding instead of in the open court. They got to do that better too. Yeah, and the Warriors aren't a particularly good offensive rebounding team. I mean, that is a category that I feel like they're losing – almost every game and yet still winning games. Um, so you would think that there's some room for the Rockets to improve in that department for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I expect the Warriors not not to necessarily change a lot. Um, obviously, the big thing that they're going to try to harp in the next day or so is limiting the bad passes. There were a couple passes tonight today where the, a guy would pass the ball to someone that wasn't even looking at it. You know, like it would just bounce off the guy's body. Like it reminded me of CYO basketball where, you know, you're not even paying attention to what's happening in, in the play. So they can cut down on those, um, limit the turnovers. I think they like a lot of what they were doing. They were moving the ball pretty well. Uh, they were getting everyone involved. Um, and hopefully Clay Thompson's ankles feeling a little bit better. I think that's part of the reason why he, he, di he didn't necessarily shoot the ball great today. He was nursing a pretty bad ankle sprain. Um, you know, those things come together. I think the Warriors are going to be in good shape. I, I expect them to stick with that Hamptons 5 lineup going forward. Why mess with a good thing? They got off to a pretty good start today. Um, but I think what you're seeing, what you saw from the Warriors today is just all they really need more than anything is they need to be locked in and they need to feel challenged. And I think more than anything, the Rockets provide that. They feel truly threatened by the Rockets in the way that in a way that they haven't all season. Well, yeah, it's something D'Antoni has referred to as appropriate fear, uh, and he was talking about that in the Jazz series, which the Rockets Popovich has. saying right? it. It sounds like Popovich yeah. saying. I think I've heard him say yeah. uh, D'Antoni used it last series because the Rockets won the first two games in blowouts, and so how do you you know manufacture that appropriate fear again? I think that might be a strong way to put it for the Warriors because it involves the word fear. But you're right. You know, they Steve feel uses that phrase all the time. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they feel challenged. This is a good challenger for them. Um, but, you know, I just I don't think the Rockets were playing real well, even though the previous round went five games. The three games, uh, you know, it was a miracle. I don't know how they won game three. I mean, they kind of do. But game five, they lost game four when – Mitchell went kind of crazy, and then they, they won ugly in game five. And now they, they reached 100 here. And so uh, they got to play better. they got to play better in so many ways. And they know that, and they talked about that. Uh, but all the attention will go to, oh, they spoke about the officials. You know, okay, they did. And, you know, it's going to be a big narrative the next day or two. It will be. And 
you know, somebody asked, maybe it was you, asked Draymond, you know, do you change if there's going to be all this attention on not stepping under shooters? Do you, you become more wary of doing that? And he said, no, of course he said no. But it will be interesting to see if that gets called the first time it happens. It will be. Well, Jonathan, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, really great to have you on the pod, and hopefully we can do this later in the series. I have a feeling this might go past four or five, maybe even six games. So uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect <laughs> on this series now. If the Rockets had gotten the win today, you're thinking, right? I mean, it's silly to say just one win would make, but you're thinking, okay, six or seven game series. Now they got to do something or it could be tough. You're right. You don't want to get, even if it's home, you don't want to go home down 0-2. You know, they they need to not only try, I mean, need to get a win. Of course, every, every game in a playoffs, you need a win. Yeah. But I think they're going to need to play great to get a win. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. I want to thank Jonathan Fagan for joining me on the podcast. It's always fun picking his brain about the Rockets. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.